0: JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon has told the Senate that crypto is a decentralised Ponzi scheme. Good morning, you're listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay ahead of the curve in crypto, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee. Let's get into it. There were two big stories yesterday, so today's episode contains two double-headers. Okay, here's the rundown. If I was the government, I'd close it down, said Jamie Dimon, CEO of JPMorgan Chase. The crypto community deconstructs Dimon's comments. Bitcoin Ordinals has gone parabolic in recent weeks. A Bitcoin Core developer calls Ordinals a DOS attack on the network. And Poloniex is added to a UK regulator's warning list okay, everyone in crypto is talking about this story, so let's start there. If I was the government, I'd close it down, said Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, about crypto. He then added that it is a decentralized Ponzi scheme, labeling Bitcoin as a fraud and stating its only true use case is to facilitate crime. This happened yesterday at a hearing of the Senate Banking Committee on the Oversight of Wall Street Companies, and Dimon addressed several United States lawmakers over a topic that Senator Elizabeth Warren raised. Warren claimed that North Korea had funded much of its missile program using, and I quote, proceeds of crypto crime and then threw in funding Hamas for good measure. I've discussed both of these in the past few weeks on this podcast, but a quick catch up would be that the Hamas claim has been all but disproven or is very misleading, and the North Korea claim could well be accurate, but they have state-sponsored hacking underway and if they were hacking traditional banks, Warren wouldn't be presenting this in the same way, don't you think? Turner-Wright spoke to a spokesperson for the crypto-education-focused organization, C. Innovation Foundation, who said that Warren's claims revealed a lack of understanding of blockchain technology, adding that it is misleading to claim that crypto facilitates illicit finance any more so than traditional fiat currency. They also highlighted the common narrative of crypto, blockchain and DeFi representing a direct threat to the traditional financial systems. Unsurprisingly, the crypto community were dissatisfied with Jamie Dimon and Elizabeth Warren's comments. So the anti-crypto tirade that happened in this hearing contained far more criticism of the space, and particularly Bitcoin, than the comments here I have mentioned, but the highlights are certainly damning. After Dimon addressed the Senate, the reaction of the crypto community was passionate, and so Braden Lindrea wrote a piece capturing some of the points made. Much of what irked the crypto community was the hypocrisy of Dimon. The crypto lawyer John E. Deaton summarised it beautifully with this tweet. Talk about an effing hypocrite. Who's the criminal, Jamie Dimon? Let me ask you a question. In the last five years, when JP Morgan has been fined over $35 billion for illicit and fraudulent activities, did any of your staff use Bitcoin or crypto? In this article, Braden also added to that, stating that JP Morgan is the second largest penalized bank with 272 violations since the year 2000, according to Good Job First's violation tracker. Braden then went on to quote the most damning and specific example here, which I'm just going to quote. In October 2013, the bank paid $13 billion, the largest in its corporate history for fraudulently misleading investors over toxic mortgage deals. Toxic investments fall in value significantly, causing the market to collapse. So I tweeted this earlier, but I wanted to highlight some hypocrisy from JP Morgan and Jamie Dimon that I haven't seen anyone else mention yet. In February 2022, I wrote an article for Token Gamer about the first bank to open a space in the metaverse, a place called the Onyx Lounge, and it was opened in the centre of Decentraland. That bank... JP Morgan. And the space had a pixel portrait of Jamie Dimon in it. And the opening was accompanied by a paper written by JP Morgan titled Opportunities in the Metaverse. How businesses can explore the metaverse and navigate the hype versus reality. There seems to be some wild cognitive dissonance over at JP Morgan. Okay, we're on to the second of the double headers, and this one is about Bitcoin ordinals. I think many of you will have heard of Bitcoin ordinals, but perhaps a good portion aren't as clear on what they actually are. They only arrived on the scene in January of this year. So, Bitcoin ordinals were created by Casey Rodemore at the start of 2023, and they offer a way to inscribe digital content, art, text, even video, directly onto the Bitcoin blockchain. They use ordinal theory, which assigns individual identities to Satoshis, the smallest unit of Bitcoin. This of course annoyed Bitcoin maxis for many reasons, and that whole conversation is actually fascinating. But Bitcoin ordinals have a few benefits over Ethereum NFTs, not least that the content itself art, text, video, whatever, is stored on-chain, not just pointers to off-chain content. And that's a common criticism of NFTs as a whole. Right, we're not even 10% of the way through the Bitcoin Ordinals course I'd like to provide you, so look in the show notes, I'll link a brilliant guide to them. Okay, so Ordinals have gone parabolic recently, and Tom Mitchell-Hill wrote a piece yesterday which really highlights the growth we're seeing. The Bitcoin Ordinals-based token, ORDI, O-R-D-I, was the first BRC20 token on Bitcoin, and now it's the first to fly north of a $1 billion market cap. On the 11th of September this year, Audi was $2.86. On the 5th of December, it set its all-time high of $65 comfortably over a 2,000% gain. In fact, at the time of recording, Audi has a value of over $1.3 billion. Tom wrote that according to the organization Dune Analytics, there are more than 48 million Ordinals assets inscribed that have resulted in more than $146.9 million in fees paid to the Bitcoin network. In fact, Ordinal spiked the transaction fees on the network so much that it flipped Ethereum's. This all sounds like good news apart from the angry maxis, but unfortunately... There's a tremor underfoot for Ordinals fans. Martin Young covered a story about how some are perceiving Ordinals and it's not about added functionality. Yesterday, Luke Desheer, a Bitcoin Core developer, sent out the following now viral tweet. PSA. Inscriptions are exploiting a vulnerability in Bitcoin Core to spam the blockchain. Bitcoin Core has, since 2013, allowed users to set a limit on the size of extra data in transactions they relay or mine. By obfuscating their data as program code, inscriptions bypass this limit. This bug was recently fixed in Bitcoin Knot's V25.1. It took longer than usual due to my workflow being severely disrupted at the end of last year. Bitcoin Core is still vulnerable in the upcoming V26 release. I can only hope it will finally get fixed before V27 next year. So the top reply to this tweet asks the question we're all asking here. If this bug is fixed, does Ordinals and the BRC20 token cease to exist? Dashir simply replied, correct. Dashir went on to reply to a lot of the comments and he's not ambiguous in his views. He claims that Ordinals is doing huge irreversible damage to Bitcoin and that it is essentially a denial of service DOS attack on the network. If Bitcoin ordinals and BRC20 can truly be patched out of existence, that's unsteady ground to build on. You might be skeptical about whether it could merely be fixed. Well, ordinals' inscriptions were only made possible with the introduction of the taproot upgrade to the Bitcoin network. Bitcoin network giveth, Bitcoin network taketh away. That was really hard to say. Okay, we're now going to pop my side of the pond to discuss a British regulator adding Poloniex to its warning list after the $100 million hack. The UK's Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, is similar to the US's SEC. Yesterday, the FCA published a public warning to their website about Poloniex, the crypto exchange acquired by Justin Sun in 2019. The warning states, firms and individuals cannot promote financial services in the UK without the necessary authorization or approval. The UK has been infamously difficult to register with as a crypto company, And as David Attlee writes in this article, In August, the FCA revealed that since 2020, it has received 291 applications from crypto companies seeking registration and has approved only 38. In October, it announced that 140 crypto companies, including HTX and KuCoin, had been added to its warning list. Since then, the regulator has authorized only one entity, PayPal UK. On the 10th of November, Poloniex was the victim of that $100 million hack and Justin Sun's other company, HTX, formerly known as Huobi, have been on the end of several hacks, including the $86.6 million theft from the HTX HECO bridge we discussed a few weeks ago. What this warning means going forward and why it has come about aren't clear, but there are a few fair guesses. Poloniex won't be registered in the UK anytime soon, therefore the UK's financial compensation and protection schemes won't apply to UK citizens, and I wonder if this was all prompted by one of those UK citizens being a victim of one of the hacks. Okay, finally, I want to do a bit of a bonus round on a story that didn't quite have enough meat on the bones to get a full section. Nevertheless, it's a really cool story and it's worth knowing about. Michael Jackson's first ever studio demo is being released after five decades and it's being released on the blockchain through the blockchain music platform, Another Block. Catherine Jackson, Michael's mother, said that the recordings of our musical heritage find a new rhythm for the digital age. It is a testament that the Jackson story, just like our music, remains timeless." That was a very poetic way of saying that. And the Another Block CEO, Michel Traore, was also poetic. And he said, Some songs, and this one in particular, deserve a special home where they won't disappear in a sea of hundreds of thousands of tracks released every day. Okay, i like to think that episode fired you up at the start, but then warmed you at the end. I want to hear your opinions on all of these stories, but particularly the Jamie Dimon and Senate story and the Bitcoin Ordinal story. You can tweet us on at Cointelegraph or to me personally at RKBags. But that is it for today, so consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing, or leaving a review. They really do help. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow.